Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, Geekscapists? Welcome to episode 208 of your favorite weekly movies, video games, and comic book news and reviews podcast. I'm Jonathan Lennon over here on the left side, joined by Brian Walton, off-screen, off-camera guy, as has been described at times. And every week, I like to get a, uh, a guest or a group of guests to talk about the latest news and reviews in movies, video games, and comics for that week. Sometimes they're involved in film, sometimes they're involved in comic books, TV, video games. This week, we've got a cool mixture of both. This is Zane and Bria Grant. You guys may recognize Bria from her time on Heroes, right? You came on to Heroes in season three, right? Correct. Season two is when Hero like went back in time. Well, there, okay, so there's the confusing thing about, okay. um, you know, season two was short because of the writer's strike, yeah. Oh, yeah. and then season three started up, and they kind of divided three into three, and f- book three and four is what mm-hmm. they called it, and I was in both book three and four. And you might have missed her because she was going through the screen really fast. He's played like the speedster, right? That's true, that's true. Oh, and then Zane, what is the story here? Because we met at uh, WonderCon. And that is correct. The, 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 the lovely siblings were our guests at WonderCon. They were signing at our booth copies of their a comic book from IDW Publishing, We Will Bury You. They had uh, like little posters that you guys could get if you dropped by the booth. And what's awesome is IDW was nice enough to send us copies of the trade paperback that's been uh wait has this been released yet guys or is this about to be released yeah it's been released it's out yeah it's been released so those of you who bought it thank you but you got to be kicking yourself because i've got a couple copies here free that we'll be giving out over the website so you're going to want to check out geekscape.net and uh, i read the book it's a 1920s like zombie outbreak in uh kind of coney island you know swinging 20s style new york city um We've obviously seen a ton of zombie outbreaks recently, but nothing that is a period piece in this kind of specific time period. Uh, you guys co-wrote the book? It's true. And then you've got this artist, uh, Kyle Strom, and yeah. he's got kind of this Richard Corbin-style artwork. You know, he's kind of got this cool artwork where you can kind of see the, I- the ink kind of... Uh, it's not covering the pencil. It has, it's just as expressive as the pencils would be. Mm-hmm. Um, those of you guys who uh, like that kind of artwork, um, it's really cool. It's crunchy. Yeah. That's how I would describe it. How would you? I mean, how'd you guys get to get together and put this book out? Um, well, he's really great. <laughs> well, I, first, I thought you were asking um, how we got together, yeah, and I, I was like, "Well, we're well, you guys are brother. How did sister, you guys get together so. uh, to collaborate? I mean, because my, my brother and I, we don't collaborate at all. Like, 
Uh, my brother, you guys know, was a professional wrestler. The extent of our collaboration was him hitting me with a folding chair. <laughs> that was it. I was like, ah, we're never working together. Right. What the, about you guys? Our collaboration actually started the same <laughs> way. Yeah, that's how we start every morning, actually. Zane hits me with a folding chair, and then we that's start right. working. <laughs> Does that knock a couple ideas out of you? <laughs> Put them on paper. Yeah. What was it like? I mean, because you were living in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And you were here in Los Angeles Correct. acting, and was it a collaboration that started with you guys doing like a, a, a cross-continental thing? Well, we've always worked together. I mean, uh, since we were kids, we grew up in a really small town in East Texas, and I think basically we only liked each other. We had a couple of friends, <laughs> but, you know, we for the most part, we sort of stuck by each other, and so we've always played in bands together. You know, um, Zane's always written stuff, and so when... He, he called me up maybe a couple of years ago and was like, we should write a comic. Or actually, we started writing screenplays mm-hmm. and then went moved over to comics. Because screenplays are hard to write, turns Scre- out. Screenplays are hard to write. And in this town, you understand going into meetings. And I, I finally got, got into comics myself because I was fed up of going into meetings and having people be like, is it based on anything? Is, mm-hmm. Does it have an established property? And sure. You're like, oh. And I mean, you guys see it happening in Hollywood with like the derivative nature of a lot of things happening with uh, comic book adaptations and properties and sequels and this and that. You do find that out as a creative wanting to write original stories. Screenplays really got a tough go of it. Yeah, yeah, and I think in comics now it's a problem because you know we it's basically has to be translatable to to film. I think in many ways people want to know if it's translatable to film once you start pitching an idea. Yeah, it's definitely a question that comes up, and I think. I mean, we're often critical of, as as comics fans, of you know people who are writing just to make it into a movie or something. Tyrese, how dare you, sir? How dare you, all that? How dare you? And and it's so apparent it's when tissue. that's the case. Um, but we're definitely passionate about writing comics. Um, but it is it is kind of weird, or it is a direction that the industry is taking. So. Mm-hmm. Even when you know the most diehard comics writer tells you like, no, I don't. With the exception of Alan Moore, like <laughs> I would, I would hate it to be a movie. It's like it's something that, you know, the publisher is thinking about. Yeah, Dave Gibbons went for it, and Alan Moore was right. like, no, I'll sit this one out. You know, um, it, and there's really no fault to him. I mean, as a storyteller, you kind of want as many people as possible enjoying your story. So. Uh, even though I've really enjoyed writing comics and getting into the structure of it all and being able to pace a story in that specific way without the help of, you know, I mean, it's, it's, ba- it's paced based on the reader and how much the reader wants to flip through the panels and go flip through the pages. But in a film, you have more of that control of, of pacing and you can manipulate a, a little bit more distinctly and you have more tools. And as, a, as a director yeah. and an editor, right? It, yeah, for with film, yeah, but I would yeah. say as like an actor, I have very little control over the pacing Rhea, of the film. <laughs> you are one of our tools. Rhea, talk slower. <laughs> you I mean, are the, I, it's the, only you thing are I the really tools do. that we are using oh, to I manipulate. See, I see. I see. What but as a storyteller, yeah. now you've got control. You were sitting there with a comic book, and you pick what's on the panels. I read through your book, and you guys are very specific as to where the page turn goes and what happens on the other side. Is it going to be suspense? Is it going to be more character? You know, Thanks. it's a nice little story. This 1920s uh, zombie carnage. <laughs> it is a nice, heartwarming thing. Why did you guys... Um, so, was it the first thing that you guys collaborated on as comic book creators? Yeah, we actually... Um, we wrote a lot of scripts within the same world before we pitched mm-hmm. it out. And, um, yeah, we had 
I don't know, 150 pages of comic script <laughs> kind of thing. And then we were like, all right, which of these stories do we like? And um, we kind of worked them out. Like, what's adaptable to yeah. a, a medium that... Right. Yeah, I mean, we wrote them in comic script form. Oh. Yeah, to begin with. Um, so they're all 1920s, all 1920s stories. What's the fascination? I don't know. I mean, I, I was a history major. Zane also enjoys... His history. History. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I think we wanted to just explore um, alternate histories, you know, worlds in which, uh, uh, how it would affect the world today, how it would change histories, how it would change major events in history uh, if there was a zombie outbreak. And this always, is, yeah, go ahead, bro. I've always kind of thought the 1920s is a very uh, interesting time period because so many things that happened in the 1920s are based on single incidences happening. Like prohibition happening, right? And World War One just ended. It's a very ripe time for fiction, uh, whether it be steampunk or zombie outbreaks. It's a very rich time to to pluck from. You're right. There, there. I mean, and you guys touch on it literally within the first one or two pages of the book. There is this push towards structure and morality, and uh, re, like a like a recleansing of society. And right in the middle of it, why not throw a bunch of flesh-eating zombies? Like, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, why zombies? I'll ask you that. Sure. Um, yeah, I think that a lot of times, I mean, zombies can be used to represent a lot of a lot of different things. I mean, just like, you know, werewolves or hyper-masculinity in a certain mm -hmm. sense most of the time. Um, I think zombies usually represent uh, sort of mob mentality. Um, there's a conservative element to them, depending on who the protagonist is in the story. Um, that they're just trying to maintain the same. I mean, they're victims in a way, of course, of a disease, but it's kind of like a, it's not a self-conscious disease. It's a loss disease. of self. Yeah. Right. It's loss of identity? Yeah, it's a loss of identity, and um, I think that depending on who your protagonist is, it's like, it's going to sort of speak to whatever element of society is going to survive, you know? And so I think it's always, it, it served very easily as a metaphor and it's sometimes forgotten, but um, that's kind of, we wanted to use it as allegory, as a little heavy-handed. You guys always get heady when you write, or sometimes you <laughs> like, like, fuck it, let's just fuck some shit up. Like, do you guys sometimes just like, you know what, let's just go crazy. I, I actually, I've been writing um, this series just for fun of, uh, of sci-fi erotica stories, <laughs> and um, they're really just... Can we find these online? They're mostly uh, weird. I mean, the audience wants to know. It's, yeah, is, are these um, available? Not, any... not yet. I'm still working through them. Star Trek slash fiction? Yeah. Not even. Well, what, what, it's mostly like depressing erotica like <laughs> kind of stuff. Like the one I wrote this morning wait, was wait, about... It's the one you wrote... depressing erotica. The one you wrote this morning... Yeah, the one I wrote this morning was a, it was about a, a, a man who's, you know... Having, he's performing acts with a with a. I don't how how crude can I be? No, no, be a crude he's, six, he's sixty nine and with a sex bot. Okay, it happens. And she dies, or she just like shuts it's, down. Yeah, you know? yeah, she freezes. Her computer right. shuts down. And right before she, you know, in in the height of the moment, she has this weird glitch where you know she tells this bit of her life, um, and and how she came into the situation as a sex bot. Like Cherry Two Thousand, did you enjoy that movie? Remember Melanie uh, Griffith? What? Cherry Two Thousand. Chuck Palahniuk of you. 
you know, what's great and why my, why my listeners uh, can relate is uh, many of them last night were uh, playing the PlayStation Network and they were in the high of battle and it just shut down and they were kicked out of all their games and they were like, no, I was about to win. What, what is happening? Exactly. Please. You've always had that happen. All you're doing is adding a uh, specific sexuality to it. Right. Do you hear him cry in his room? <laughs> like, do you hear him crying or self-flagellating in any way? Do you hear like some, something perverse? You guys are roommates right now, right? We are roommates right now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're excited. He's yeah. like, yeah. I know. I'm like, well, it's, I mean, I usually write, yeah, I usually write them in the morning. That stuff sells, <laughs> though. Wait, up. I got to stop writing. Pretty much. As soon as, as soon as she comes out. I hope my crying didn't wake you, sis. <laughs> <laughs> but I got a great script. I'm imagining Zane, much like a raccoon, typing... <laughs> like, oh, I should stop typing these depressing future love stories. I have another one about a guy who's a scientist. <laughs> <That's pretty funny. laughs> He's a scientist, and he 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 figures out a way to traverse infinity so that he can find another version of himself at some other point in his like oh, right in in the universe. In an alternate universe, or, or well, to have sex with. To fuck. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. And so it's about the people in the bar Why when he finds the guy. <laughs> well, no, that's that's the only And how weird they think it is. Okay, so the two guys are hanging out in this bar, and like, there's a dude in there, and then the same dude walks in. Yeah. And is like, you, time to fuck. <laughs> and they're like, what? Pretty much. Because it was, both, it was both of their fantasies because they're the same oh, person. Right. What's the age difference? Well, you know, it's like five years oh, okay. or something. It's pretty uh, okay. close. He's like, you know, in three years, you're going to figure out how to traverse infinity. Wow. And I'm here to bang you. <laughs> uh, um, There's a guy. Wait, wait, wait. I mean, I mean so, 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 so time travel isn't a closed loop. Because you would think well, he'd already been banged. Yeah. I mean, it's not time travel. He's like, oh, I it's remember the, getting banged by this, myself five years ago. It's this idea that, that if you, if the universe is infinite, eventually everything has to repeat itself, including you. Right. And so there, would, if the universe is truly infinite, there's another version of you somewhere in a similar world. Which I think just answered your heady question just then. Oh, shit. <laughs> you the you, were, you yes. were heady and fuck shit up at the same time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was trying to say. You know what? You just gained the respect of this entire audience. Oh, okay. but, but, but really, Zane, um, publish this. Right? Publish this. Because the world needs to know. If anyone wants to publish these masterpieces. It's actually, it's actually Uatu the Watcher. That's what I've been searching for all these things. That is amazing. That is... Oh, but I do have to say... You bent my mind like 15 minutes into the episode. But, but I have to say that Kyle... Where did the comic book? Oh, right here, right here, right here. Kyle is amazing and does bring a lot to it. And I hate when, you know, people do interviews about, yeah. and they don't they don't talk about the other people. So Kyle is amazing and he does amazing art and he True. does like to fuck shit up. I mean his yes. the stuff that's in there, a lot of the stuff we did not we did not say make sure her guts are spilling out and, and leaking onto the floor and that's what he did. Which well, what is about amazing. The, the narrative uh, the, the narrative theme of the flies that happened that's, in the book. That was Kyle. That was Kyle. Yeah, yeah he's great. Because it was strong, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, You'll, you guys will see. Go get the, the issues or go get the trade paperback. It looks like this except without the signatures. For the signatures, and, uh, you're going to want to check us out on, on the website. But uh, go check it out. Yeah. Did, uh, cover. yeah, Temple Smith did the cover. Ben yeah. Temple Smith did a cover. Um, yeah, this this book, you, you're right. He does give it a bit of uh, a little bit of an anarchic feel. Yeah. yeah it, for you sure. know? It, it gets a little punky. Yeah. And, and uh, it's expressive. 
Yeah, yeah. and he's, he has an issue of Hackslash coming up that he did, and it's, it's gonna look Another awesome friend of ours, Tim Seeley. Yeah, so he did the art on that, and there's a drinking game that goes with the book. What the, is this drinking? The game? drinking game. It's drinking alone while you're reading the book. Oh shit! And oh, is he okay? It's been a rough week. Wait, no, no, no. I want to hear this game. Welcome's <laughs> <laughs> like, no. and it's um every time eyeballs like gush out of a zombie's head, you know, you take a shot. <laughs> because what? Kyle yeah, really likes to draw. He that. loves he loves gushing eyeballs. They're a lot, and we didn't Flying. specifically write that in any I nev- panels, We never wrote that. But it's why great. did you drink two fifths of vodka? Mm-hmm. It was gushing eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> you does he drink a lot? I'm worried. I, no, I, He's I just fine. Care. He's gonna be fine. I care. We okay. connected at WonderCon. I we care. Mm-hmm. He brought it up, so I need to bring it up just yeah. because Hackslash. Uh, I gotta bring it up. Uh, so you dressed up as Cassie Hack for Halloween. I did. I was Cassie Hack for Halloween. Okay, we have a buddy who has a fan campaign trying to get Allison Scagliotti from Warehouse oh, 13. Oh, Warehouse sure. 13 yeah. cast as Cassie Hack. Um, so I should, should, I, should take, I should take him out, is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, or yeah, her, yeah. I guess. You would I should be take a good him out. Cassie Hack? Would well, you I'm, very, I'm very blonde now, but I, was, I had dark hair. And yeah. I, put, I put photos on, on the internet. And <laughs> on the on Where the world wide web, um, and I sent Where them to Tim. Where are these photos? Where is this erotic sci-fi picture? <laughs> <laughs> I sent them to Tim Seeley also, and was like, right and now. wanted him to, and and he he liked it. I thought, and they got yeah, people were really responsive. I think I put up one photo, and people, mm-hmm. I keep finding them places on various websites. Has I, anybody photoshopped it? Like inappropriately. No, no, not at all. I even had a bat. I had like a bat. I went all out. I had like the bat with this spike. It was pretty good, right? I, I, I mean, considering I, you know, threw together with things at my house and, wow. (laughs) which means says a lot about my closet. Do you get protective of your sister when she's putting like photos out there? No, I don't care. There are perverts on the internet, right? I don't know. He's like, it doesn't bother me while I'm typing my erotic. Bria's like, there are no perverts on the internet worse than the one on the other side of this wall. <laughs> I hear his cries at night. I'm so depraved. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, is this the? I mean, but there's more comic book work that you got. Maybe even uh, within this own storyline. I mean, like you said, like it opens itself up to what's the situation in Europe? What's the situation five years later, ten years later, modern day? We will bury you. What's going on there? You guys looking to explore it further? Is it based on sales? Do you need the support of the Geekscapist to continue the story? What do you need? That would be nice. Come get it, it. is based on it is based on sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that like the way most miniseries work now is you know they so many people are doing miniseries because they want to see how it it tests out and it's it's cool. Um, our sales have been pretty good. Yeah. We would like to do more. I think also what happens we got we got like out zombified a bit. I think hmm. I think the zombie we wrote this like three years ago, or and, yeah. and then it took a really long time. You know, comic book just because of a bunch of stuff that happened and the world of comic books, it took forever to come out. And then by the time it came out, there were so many zombie things everywhere that I, I think we, we got we got a little like lost in the in the crowd a little bit. Um, well, not to say that our sales were good. Well, you guys, well, maybe ZombieCon this year? We'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we, we want to go. That is we, our we, sponsored we, convention in Seattle. It looks awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I know like you guys are, I, We want to go. <laughs> I, I know you guys are doing like a lot of conventions. Any chance of seeing you guys in San Diego, maybe at the Geekscape booth again? Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah, we will we'll be there. That. We'll you be guys are there. You have a spot to sign more books, awesome. like and sell them, like yeah. mm. try and make that number that's going to get more storyline going on. 
That's true. Great. Right? If we could We'd sell like 10,000, could you guys get like 10,000 people? 10,000 of you guys show up and buy this book, please. That would, that be, that would be nice. IDW only has 1,200. You tell <laughs> IDW to get over here. No, I got the, when I was oh, really? getting oh. those books, we emailed They're almost sold out. Like, we only have 1,200 left. If you could help us clear that out. We can justify more. Do you hear what did they really said? did? They really say that they that way we never have to talk to Brian, Brian ever again. <laughs> Brian, are you? So talking, we sell out. Is this, no, no, no. Is this, this shareable information? I don't, she didn't say it was. Okay. Yeah, it, she, we're giving away five copies. She's like, oh, if you can help us push those final twelve hundred, that'd be great. That would be great. That'd be great. Okay. Twelve hundred is like nothing. Okay. It's like, yeah. go buy one of those Borders bookstores. Like, go <laughs> what, what you want to do is buy enough copies to justify a publisher being like, there's something about these two. I want that erotic fiction on the shelf. Mm. We yeah. gotta get Anybody who there. wants to draw some of these stories as, um. as com in comic form. I'm not a very good artist. Uh. <laughs> I'll just draw penises on everything. <laughs> there's a Macintosh with a penis on it. <laughs> <laughs> there's a flying toaster screensaver Wait, with did, penises coming out of the toasters. Uh, yeah, uh, our buddy, <laughs> yeah, there's a picture over there on the left that you'll see a dracula if you look really close to the dracula picture on my pin board uh he has little penises for his fangs uh our buddy there's a there's a group uh, of friends of ours who are doing a book for image called moriarty it comes out this month in may uh, and um you guys want to pick it up the artist we held uh totally hostage at our booth and i had made him draw me a count calcula while he sat there his eyes lit up when you said. Well, here's the, well, here, here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. Uh, we had a kid come by and ask for a commission, and commissioned him to draw a, a vampire. And the kid was like, "I'll be back in like 30, 40 minutes to pick up my my drawing." And I was like, "Dude, that fucker just left. You can do anything to the comic you want. You should totally just draw cocks for fangs, or fangs for cocks." Cocks for fangs. I got it right. <laughs> and, and, and he goes, he goes, I can't do it to the kid. I can't do it. I was like, yes, you can. It's a moral fucking imperative to do it. He left. Fuck his shit up. And, and he's like, I'm not doing it. I was like, then do it for me. So he drew me a Count Cocula. That is the story. I will give you guys the Count Cocula if you guys order a Geekscape t-shirt. I will slip it in there and you'll be like, oh, my Geekscape t-shirt arrived. Look, mom. And as you open the package, Count Cocula will come out. I feel like I need to order a shirt just to make sure no, that doesn't happen. <laughs> if Walton orders a shirt, I will make sure his shirt is not Count Cocula. The Count Cocula will go into one of you. Lucky. No, I'll get the Fox Heroes from last week. I do a little bit of research on, on uh, people who order the shirts. Uh, one of our buddies in Indiana ordered a shirt and, uh, and I knew he had a young daughter, so I got him like a Care Bears DVD that Corey Roberts gave me as a gag gift like a year ago. I was like, I gotta get rid of this Care Bears DVD. I'm putting it in his gift. And he was like, thank you. My daughter will love it. And I was like, it was a gag. <laughs> oh, I so you Wait, so you Google stock the people that I you... I don't Google stock, but they're on the don't. website. They're on oh, the they website. volunteer too yeah. much. They volunteer too much. I see. These I are see. the people who wanted me to live stream my wedding last May. That just mm -hmm. wasn't going to... just. I'm sorry. It just wasn't going to happen. Oh, I put up a live stream. You just didn't know about it. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I just put a camera up in your bathroom, too, to live stream that. Why so. did you do I this? I the no. <laughs> <laughs> They were like, oh, erotic nonfiction. <laughs> Um, guys, let, let's talk. He went to the set of Predator on his honeymoon, so that would have been yeah. badass. I did. I did go to the set of Predator on my honeymoon. Uh, yeah. Um, it was her idea. Okay, guys, let's talk real quick about a movie that came out. Um, my wife and I went to see Scream Four, Wes Craven's new iteration in the Scream franchise. After I think almost ten years. I mean, the thing, last one came years. out in like oh three. No. Oh one. I was still working in a movie at the movie. Okay, wow. so 01. And, uh, and this one, the returning characters are Nev Campbell's character, uh, David, what's his last name? Um, David, uh, David Arquette. Ar David Arquette, Courtney Cox, yeah. 
Arquette, maybe. I don't know what's happening with them. I just listened to David Arquette on Stern for like a week, and I still couldn't figure out what their marriage situation was right now. I just know it's, it's, um, it's like weird. It's amorphous. Um, so you've got this Scream 4, right? Which really I wanted to see Wes Craven do a little bit of his manipulating, right? I, I love horror directors. I love, uh, I love horror directors that aren't like torture porn directors. Does that make sense? The way you say horror is funny. Uh, We're all from Texas, so you shut your mouth. Horror directors. Right? Um, I like the way that they manipulate an audience. I like the way that they, like, have to design scenes. I think torture porn goes a little too far because, of course, you're going to react when something that gruesome is on the screen. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for subtlety. I'm looking for cool stuff, you know. And I go into this movie, keep in mind, Laura's older than me. The whole Scream thing passed her by she wasn't into it but I wanted to see the film and for the first it's a 90 minute movie first 70 minutes of the movie I started to look at the events unfold basically Nev Campbell returns to her old town where David Arquette is now the sheriff in the first movie he's like a beat cop type guy now he's the sheriff of the town he has a marriage with Courtney Cox's uh, character who has written a successful book series on the first Scream movies or the, the events of the first screen movies uh, that have gone on to become successful books and successful movies and now she doesn't have a new story to write Nev Campbell returns and as soon as she returns the killer's back and you have all these young actors in it like Hayden Panettiere who you know perhaps uh, and uh, who else is in this movie like Alison Brie Alison Brie I mean really uh, a lot of like really cool young actors are in this movie almost Kind of warms my heart to see them. Like, oh, they grew up with the screen movies. They totally want to be a part of it, right? They're not that cool. I like them. I like them. I like them. <laughs> and um, in 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 the movie is somewhat interesting. It, it, it like it references itself a lot. It does a lot of uh, referencing reboots. It references the web culture that's developed since the fir- the last screen movie, and how you have to update things for the web now, and you have to update things for um, the reality television craze. Um, so it does a lot of commenting on that, but for the first 70 like, minutes of the movie, I had felt as though perhaps I had aged myself out of the, being entertained by the Scream movies. You know, I felt uh, like it just wasn't working for me. As fun as the movie felt like it was trying to be, it wasn't connecting with me. Um, the kills are fine, but you start looking at all the loopholes, right? You've been educated by the Scream movies to a point. Um, then... <laughs> Once the bodies have really all started dropping and the killer has to come out and reveal themselves, the last 20 minutes of the movie, and I can't ruin the movie for you, uh, the last 20 minutes of the movie are some of the most fun I've had this year in the movie theater. I was laughing, howling, it, it has some ridiculous moments, it has some really hardcore kills, and it's the kind of fun that you expected when you saw that first Scream movie and it made you jump. You know, when you see Drew, uh, Drew Barrymore in the first movie and you're like, oh, that's her main character. And, right away she's taken out of the picture that kind of surprise element is what the last 20 minutes had and it was really fun i walked out of there 70 minutes in if i left the theater i would have been like man that really wasn't that great poor wes craven i love him but uh." i walked out after the the end of the full movie and wes craven still has that ability to make us jump and make us jump around oh it was like it was so great it was like he was it wasn't? Yeah. It was it, like he was humming along at like three and four for most of the movie, being like, eh, heh, 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 heh. And then at the end, he just cranked it to 11 and was like, let's watch them all jump. I loved it. I mean, I ended up loving the last 20 minutes of the movie, but you, ha- you do have to sit through the first 70 to get there. It's part of the design. <laughs> well, it's part of the design. You know, you want to start investing in some of these characters, even like a subtle level. 
Go even watch the first 60 minutes of Rio and then go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even if you're annoyed by characters in a movie, you still keep tabs of how you feel about them. Yeah. And whether you want to or not, you end up invested. I felt like I wasn't invested in those characters. And as soon as things of actual consequence started coming around on screen, it really worked. So kudos to him. If he had designed the majority of the movie as kind of a self-referential lull in commentary on what had come before, he used the last 20 minutes to say, I'm back. And that's, that's great. For a director to be able to do that is awesome. And so I enjoyed that. Now if we could just get John Carpenter to do that. John Carpenter. John Carpenter. Oh, man. Um, I didn't yeah. see his last one. I didn't see the. Um, it got pushed. The Ward. Yeah. It was called got, the Ward. It's the Ward. The Ward. It's. Uh, I never heard of it. it. It looked well. It got pushed because it looked so much like Sucker Punch, only like a horror mm. film. Because oh. it was set in a in a yeah, mental institution. In a mental institution. Mm. They just were like, we don't want to go up against it. Mm. And so I don't know when it's coming out now. Ghosts of Mars was I the one I saw. I thought it got good reviews. That, it, it went to a festival yeah. or two. I feel oh, like it got it? good reviews. Yeah. I, and you hear about that. You hear about like Toby Hooper doing movies that go to festivals but only get then released theatrically in Europe mm -hmm. and things like that. I remember being in London to shoot a video in 2008 and they had posters up for a Toby Hooper film. And I was like, what? This doesn't get theatrical release in the U.S. What is going on? I would love to see him pull my strings again. Never, you know. Yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is a really great film. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre, fucking Life Force. I made a Life Force reference to my wife the other night. She got it. She got it. Wow. That's why I married her. <laughs> did you just wow. reference Life Force? <laughs> yes, I did. I will not tell you the context yeah. of the reference. I think that, that is private. I wish that those Masters of Horror things were still on TV. Even though a lot of them I didn't care for. Mm -hmm. I feel like, given some time, like they could have worked it out. You know, with the right, the right, they could have got different writers and stuff. I like cigarette burns. You did. Yeah. I, well, I was projecting. Yeah, I mean, that, really that's kind of the, that's kind of the strength yeah. of these things is some you like, some you don't, and yeah. the chips fall where they fall. That's right? true. Was that Deer Girl? Was that one? Yeah, that one's hilarious. That may have been that one. Ridiculous. Laura thought that one was hilarious. It may have been that one. It may have been the one that Doug Jones was involved the in that he talked about. Yeah. The masters of comedy. Yeah, <laughs> you get yeah. that. I mean, have you, have you guys been part of an anthology as creators, as comic book creators, or, or have you been part of an anthology as an actress? We have one coming. We're going to be in the Zomnibus that IDW is putting out. We are. It's a Zomnibus. The Zomnibus, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. um, but it's a, it's a reprint. Oh, it's a reprint of? Of Will Berry's story, yeah. But um, we would love to be in an anthology. Are you inviting? Yeah. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. Perhaps. I mean, last week we had a... We had a yeah. just to listen yeah. this week for the anthology that you... I, well, I um, I I'm putting my book out through a company called Two Fifteen Inc. in Philly, and they were so awesome. And they asked me, like, you know, all these comic book companies, why don't you go and try and write for them, one of them? And really, I told them, I was like, well, once you're at the party and everybody's been there for a while, it's not that Your much fun for said, a party. Yeah, he goes, he goes, he he, he didn't understand. He, like Andrew, your publisher needs a different job. Andrew, <laughs> Two Fifteen Inc. He didn't say he didn't phrase it like that. He was like, Jonathan, I don't understand. Like with Geekscape, you know, all these publishers. Why aren't you trying to create for them? And I told him, I was like, I want to be part of like Dark Horse circa 1986. <laughs> I want to be part yeah. of what really got me back into comics, which was... Hardwire. Not That's 1996. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but seeing things like Paul Chadwick's Concrete, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, Dark Horse Presents just put out like a, a new issue. Mm -hmm. And I bought it. And I, I just remember, it all like flooded back to me, being like, oh, Frank Miller's Xerxes. Like seeing like Frank Miller's uh, Sin City for the first time and seeing 
like Mac Alred do his work for the first time and seeing the mask from John Arcudi and uh, it's just in Doug Mankey is just amazing and I was like wow anthologies are a cool place to yeah. see if something works yeah. what, what books got you guys in a comic? yeah um, well when I was a kid my two favorite comics were I read Spider-Man every week I'd walk to the store <laughs> and then I grew yeah yeah that was like my favorite and I had I had um I had a, a signed copy by Aragonese that was like it was like issue eight or something. Like it was pretty awesome. What happened to it? Do you still have it, please? Yeah, it's still in Texas. Okay. In my dad's house. Um, but yeah, so those were the These big the things. things. I get excited about. <laughs> those are the big ones. But then I usually always buy just something random and weird mm-hmm. um, every week. So yeah, and then and then in college, um, I kind of got back into it through a friend loaned me Invisibles and stuff, and I think I gave that to her. Yeah, that's what. Because I didn't start reading comics until college. That's when you got into comics for the yeah. first time. For the first time, Did you yeah. pick on him for reading comics prior to that point? It's no. Okay. It's okay. Well, technically... You're amongst friends. Yeah, no, no. Technically, <laughs> he's the older one, so he picked on me, I guess. But I don't you know need to read comics. Can you imagine that? A pro comics bully? <laughs> you need to read comics. <laughs> <laughs> Folding chair, now write. <laughs> I'm going to go in my room and jerk off and retype. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I warned them, kind of. That this is what Geekscape is. It's sad erotica. I don't find it. Actually. Oh, it's sad sexually, <laughs> sexually stimulating. Anybody who finds the erotica that I write sexually, I type stimulating. this to break down my libido. Yeah. Okay? Do I'm you not really? To get do you use it to, in, as a way to? Uh, I'm trying to, <laughs> to, to temper your your flame. That's right. I've, my girlfriend lives in Brooklyn, and I have been chast to her no. <laughs> oh. for two months. Oh, okay. Okay. He's written 580 stories. <laughs> <laughs> They're all about like the horrible sexual features place. that we can look forward yeah. to. Because really, like the internet has done so much to destroy American sexuality. In a way, you know, it's like it's like so lonely. It is based. It is based in tears and pain. Yeah, yeah. like really. There's all this potential, like, you know, gay dudes have Grinder on their iPhone. Do you it's know what that is? Yeah, it, it's the app where they can oh, find other guys the closest for a quick hookup. No, I have a story yeah. about Grinder At WonderCon. <laughs> okay. No, at Are we ready WonderCon. For this? Okay. Brian right. Gilmore. Did you guys meet Brian Gilmore? Short guy, looked like Chaka from Land of the Lost. Pretty useless, <laughs> no. just hanging around the booth. Yeah, hang around That's the booth. Cool. We asked him to okay. do things. He acted like we're we were... at dinner. Brian Gilmore brings out his iPhone. He's like... But we have a, a friend, Eric, he's gay. He's like, do you Eric have Grinder? You need to get Grinder. Well, he told, he told, wait, who's telling who this? Brian Gilmore's telling Eric okay. Diaz you need to get uh, Grinder. Yes. Eric's like, no, I, I'm not getting Grinder. It's I'm not, not the way I work. Grindr, <laughs> sure. I like that. Sure. <laughs> Brian Gilmore takes a picture of everybody at the table, signs up for a group Grinder account, and then starts sending that out to people in the area because apparently Grinder works location based. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he like messages everybody the next day. We got a hit. They want to meet. And we're just like, I, 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 I thought he was I like joking. that he has a group account. That's yeah, very progressive. My, my, my <laughs> question: Why are you friends with this guy still? Like, <laughs> he's trying to get you to go to like a yeah, orgy. It's, it's yeah. uh, that's I awesome. I wonder how much. I wonder how many grinders end up in like some kind of violent situation. In a grinder. Yeah, like, like like you show up and it may not like be a bad idea for a story. I just, hey, like a bad idea for a story. Someone gets on this really app. Go ahead. Take it. It's run. yours. <laughs> guys, I'm, copywritten right here on Geekscape. You know it's true. <laughs> like, take it. Run. Yeah. A, a guy's crying, writing erotic fiction. He checks his cell phone. Mm-hmm. He goes to meet somebody <laughs> and they strap him up. There's a story in the Brooklyn Noir collection that, uh, about 
somebody who's stalking women on the sort of Craigslist kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, seduces this woman he thinks, but ends up getting murdered by her. She's actually stalking these sadistic mm-hmm. guys. Mm-hmm. And trying to clean the streets. Well, yeah. that isn't that, that's also the basis for Red State. Well, go ahead and, and, and do this. But no, not our idea. Not oh. Grindr. Oh, but yeah. I was going to say. So yeah, Grindr's different. That different. involves an app, which right. is. I think it's cool. And, yeah. And but so much to our 2011. Like, I feel like that's the kind of thing that you would hope technology would be moving people towards, like, less repression in a way. But I feel like it's more. I think, I think that for the most part, technology is making us more repressed. So that's sort of the basis of my erotic. My erotica stories. Like, you, you don't have to justify illness here. I feel like I'm this. Kidding, I'm kidding. I feel like this should be subtitled Zane's erotica stories. Zane's erotica stories. Um, so you guys, Wait, that's, yeah, that's what an the hell? Show. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. Hey, it really is. Yeah. Zane's erotica don't stories. Don't confuse yeah. me. That's why I can't break into erotica. I'm, I'm not the black woman erotica <laughs> feminist. Zane, like, Zane after dark show. It is. Zane, would yeah. you like a, a podcast here on the Geeks Cube Network? <laughs> No, hey, you, you, just read, you just read your stuff out loud. <laughs> put it out there. No, you should totally close with that. Yeah, you got the smooth, sensual sounds. Yeah. Hi, hey. years. You could be like the new Red Shoe fucking diaries, man. <laughs> you could be like the new, uh, like, like what was it, USA Up All Night or whatever that, that remember yeah. you used to watch that? Oh, dude, that was my um, first exposure to trauma was through USA really? Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, they a bunch of movies uh, I saw through that. That was like first exposure to anything weird. Yeah, picked uh, by Gilbert Godfrey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the other girl, right. the, the, girl uh, the girl who was like a sex pot or something, yeah. wasn't she? She, uh, she charges like a huge amount. We worked up in uh, Seattle. We tried to put together an up all night film festival, oh. showing up a bunch of those. And she charges an arm and a leg. Great idea though. To show things. up. Yeah. You know who How I love? I was trying to explain to my I was trying to explain to my film students who Joe Bob Briggs was. Oh, and they looked at me like I was crazy. Joe Bob Briggs used to host Monster Vision. Right. I have no right? idea what Your that film is. Students didn't no know idea. Ben Affleck directed Gone Baby Gone. Sam Norman did not. But And I feel like I don't know that it's like, so. Joe Bob Briggs was like USA Apple Night. He would host a show called Monster Vision, right? right? And it turned out when when one of these uh Fangorias or somebody became like when cable exploded in the uh late in the 90s uh, they, there was like a horror channel. It was one of these things that then ended up becoming Chiller or something, you know, Chiller mm. TV and all this. And I remember the horror channel, I remember being like, whatever happened to Joe Bob Briggs? And Wikipedia him, and he was in charge of the horror channel. He had some big role in the horror oh, channel really? for a while. I was like, how appropriate. Because he cool. was how I discovered like uh, Night of the Comet, which was one of my favorite, yeah. favorite, favorite movies. I have a print of that. I love Night of the Really? My first That's... student film, Spores the Movie in undergrad, was a dork remake of Night of the Comet. It, we, it, we weren't grounded. We just didn't have anything to do when, <laughs> when the comet hit and turned everybody into zombies. Every time I drive by the El Rey, I just get a little disappointed that it's not a movie theater and that, you know, that's not where I'm going to go to save myself from the comet. <laughs> the El Rey on, on Wilshire, yeah. That's where it was filmed? That's the movie theater she worked at. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to go. At the beginning of the do they still have Asteroid or whatever she's playing? <laughs> 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 cool. We actually wrote a song about Night of the Comet. She was so yeah, hot. Really. She was so hot. Remember she's a chick yeah. in uh, Last Starfighter? Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, I like her younger sister because it's like she's supposed to be like super well, they, she's super sexualized but she's like way under A. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they announced a sequel when they released the DVD and then the DVD didn't sell well so they're like never mind. The, the DVD of Night of the Comet? Yeah, MGM. Really? They announced they were going to make a sequel. It's just the, been MGM's problem. It's a combination of both. Yeah. The DVD didn't sell nearly as well as they thought it would because it's a cult hit. I mean, Night of the Comet's this fucking shit. 
I love that movie. Um, guys, we're talking about uh, oh, we were talking about reinventing franchises and stuff like that with Stream Four. A little bit of news: Jeremy Renner is taking on Jason Bourne. Uh, now that David, Dorn? Uh, That's Jason Major Bourne, League. Jason Bourne. Bourne. Did I say Jason Thorne? You said Dorne. Jason Dorne. Oh, okay. Jason Bourne. Jason What's Bourne. This <laughs> Jason Bourne. Uh, you guys know that Paul Greengrass and Matt Damon aren't returning to the franchise, so now we've got this new Jason Bourne, Jeremy Renner, who. Is old is an old is like almost Matt Damon is like Matt Damon's age almost so like yeah he's a lot older than you younger. think he's gonna be yeah. like yeah. you so think senior trip was like I was a freshman in high school when he was mm. like twenty two yeah he looks oh, yeah? he looks he looks really young because I remember looking at how old he was and he's much older but whatever you know what time you doing research it's kind of erotic fiction <laughs> sure. obviously but you know what like, like as an actress you can speak on this but talent is talent and. Whenever a reinvention happens, and you see this with like the 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 youthifying of things like Superman and this and that, um, to tell a story, I, I always say get the right actor regardless of the age because the storyteller is that person is part of it. You know what I mean? Like he's part of that storytelling process. And when you see John Hamm play Dopey and Dignified in Mad Men, how can that not be Clark Kent and Superman? You know, and having a tool such as John Hamm at your disposal and telling a Superman story is a, is an asset. You know what I mean. And at a point, thinking that your franchise is going to sh- go five movies long, so you have to get somebody who's twenty, is a bit. So you know what I mean. What franchise goes five long with the same cast? Just do a damn good Superman story with the best guy available. Yeah. And if it's an older Superman story, we know the origin story. Not only that. I don't think DC owns the origin story anymore. So, like, just tell a damn good story. You know what I mean? I would show up to a Superman film. I know what you guys are trying to do. Establish a first film for films to come later. But, you know, I think good stories is what we're going to start hunting for now once we get exhausted by that whole uh, franchising of of uh, superheroes, etc. Well, I, I think they all, they want to start with the origin story mm-hmm. every time. And I, I, I think that's a mistake when these have become, I mean, they're, I we know the story. We don't have to be retold the story of Superman. We don't have to be retold the but story of But I honestly think Warner Brothers, in this instance, might be doing the origin story for legal reasons. Mm-hmm. To a certain extent, they, like you said, they have mm-hmm. legal issues. They could be trying to re-up a copyright. Right. Well, they, no, no, they lost it. Oh, they did? Yeah, I mean, they, they lost things mm-hmm. like... I forget what they lost, but I remember when uh, when the family of uh, some of the, the, the creators of Superman... Siegel and... Siegel and Schuster, those guys own one of their fa- the families own the the some of the, a lot of the origin now. Um, you have to license that to put it in the Superman film, I believe, or a Superman comic. Uh, knowing that, we know who Superman is. Let's have a, a grown Superman, not a Kingdom Come Superman, right? But just a Superman go out there and kick ass. I'm not afraid of these one-offs. I understand why you want sequels and things like that. Sequels always do better. Spider-Man three outgrows Spider-Man two, right? X3 outgrossed X2. They weren't better films, but the sequel potential is what gave you guys. Oh, yes. X3 was a juggernaut at the box office. I mean, it's that first weekend. (laughs) It's the juggernaut at the box office. You're right. I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think of that. I'm Vinny Jones. I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Remember when they worked that internet joke into the X3? I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Remember that Remember that internet thing that was like, I'm the juggernaut, bitch? Oh, the third one hurt. An alternate dialogue line for old X-Men cartoons and it was this very urban yeah somebody uh, took an guy. old X-Men cartoon like, and dubbed it 
And somebody dubbed it on the internet and it became like a big thing. I'm the juggernaut bitch and they were just running around doing that and they put it in the movie. They put that internet joke into the movie Dude. because you know what? By that point, they had nothing to lose. The movie made a ton. And Spider-Man Three made a ton. Like, I'm glad that worked out for X Three. Yeah. It didn't work out for Snakes on a Plane. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it, that's the different thing, you know. Uh, I can go on and on and on about Hollywood, Hollywood, Hollywood. Uh, but is, what we're talking about is 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 how do you feel as an actress? What are what are the roles you would go out for? What is your, your ideal? If you had to do genre, because that's what we talk about here on Geekscape, if you superheroes, what would you go for? Not, knowing that you've already played one, I have already played. One. If, what? It, wait, I didn't understand your question. Like, if there's a, uh, an existing property, an existing property, yeah, existing property. Well, who's we already your, talked about hack slash. I mean, I, I, I would, I would go after hack slash for sure if, if I had that opportunity. Um, would you kill for it? <laughs> already have, would already you, have. Would, would your brother then write a story about it? <laughs> <laughs> Knowing it's his sister, I, gets, you she know, gets weird, she gets weird at gigs. <laughs> That's what I'm talking I, about. It, the lighting is a little weird here in GSK. It'll, it'll come back. Yeah, it'll I don't know. Back. I mean, you know, I read a lot of stuff. I would love, I mean, does it have to be comic books? Or read, it be, whatever. In all I, I, the William Gibson Bridge series is one of my mm-hmm. favorite um, uh, book, set of books, and I would love to be involved in that. I don't know. I mean, ones that are coming out right now, I, I, I don't know. I don't keep up on that as much. As I should. As what about an this? What, what, what about this? There, there are two female roles in this. Uh, we will bury. Oh, yeah. What about this? I know we talked about. Hey, we can just write comics for comics' sake and yeah. it'll be adapted. But you know what? Would you shy away from the dollar? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> would you shy away from the dollar? It's like, hey, not only did you write it, you could be in it. And Zane, Zane, you know what? We're not forgetting about you. You can play a uh, zombie with, uh, with tears <laughs> and, and a boner. There's <laughs> a boner. <laughs> There's a great zombie in a top hat that I really thought to have in there that you could, could play. In? Yeah, yeah, you could be the zombie. My wife bugs me to write my dogs into the comic book. She goes, "You should write your dog, write the dogs into the comic book." And I'm like, "All right, if it's if, if it's right, I will write the dogs into the comic book." I'm still trying to figure out a way to write Walton into the comic book. Why would right? you write me into your comic? Book? Because it's you're fucking awesome, and I love you, buddy. You're pretty awesome. All right, you're I comedy. want I want you immortalized. Right, you will be the guy getting chased by these zombie with these. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you you could play. There's two roles there for you. Uh, yeah, that, we. They were not written for me by any any means. No, and, no, and one was def- one is a uh, is an uh, Ukrainian immigrant, and I'm I'm not. You're chameleon. She's a master dialectician. I I actually cannot do hard. I can't do a single accent. Every really? accent she <laughs> does sounds the same. <laughs> let, me, let me see your let me see your headshot and resume. It, it, it literally here. will say at the bottom. Do not ask to do an accent. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yeah, okay. No, but I I I, I, I can. Really fast and heroes. That's true. I can talk. I didn't say the the clip of my dialect. It's just I can't do accents, and we we Zane likes to do accents, and then I try to mimic him, and it doesn't work out. I can do it. It just takes me a lot of work. Uh, right. It takes it, it takes me weeks of sitting there Maybe and learning coach. the lines. Like a dialect coach. A dialect yeah. coach, which I feel like you know people get if that yeah. ever happened. But. I think in in the the Incredible Hulk movie that Louis Leterrier did, the difference between um, what's the name of the actor who played uh, Abomination and. Uh, Emil Blonsky, the um, guy from uh, uh, Reservoir Dogs. He's on the tip of my tongue. Tim Roth. Yeah. Supposedly Tim Roth, they want he wanted a dialect coach to go Russian with the character, and they wrote him as an American because they just weren't going to spend the money on a dialect coach for Tim Roth. And I was like, ah. That being said, uh, is there a thespian perhaps hiding deep within you, Mr. Oh Graham? yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Zane is uh, Zane. Well, Zane is a master improviser, Ooh. and what you may not know is that he's good at improvising song. 
He's a UCB. He's a upright uh, citizens brigade. Oh, I know. Uh, okay. Performer yeah. sometimes. What would be a good song about your robot? <laughs> do, could you do a song? You didn't have to do make him do a song. Okay. I can't sing okay. a song. I thought that's but, what you were doing. I thought you were making him sing a song. No, no, no. I'm just telling you <laughs> okay. that he's capable of doing it. But, oh. To get away from that completely. <laughs> <laughs> you could not get away from it faster. Didn't you, didn't you like like in the Fantastic Four movies and like Doctor Doom? His oh, accent. I hated that. His accent was like like the, it was different in both. Right. It, One he's like totally an uh, like an American or something. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. And then he was British. And yeah. then it was like okay, you're not. He pulled a Con Air, yeah. which is why I call it when an accent changes throughout a movie like Nicolas Cage with Con Air. Uh, I mean. If the lighting wasn't shifting like the weather here on Geekscape, you could see the blood starting to boil in my. No, at, the actually, of, at, at the mention, at the mention of, at the mention of Fantastic really well Four. Very good. Like, well, she glows. <laughs> she glows. I try. She glows. I actually bring my own lighting kit I everywhere I go. Pain, but I know that I do not grow. I, I do not glow. Um, Fantastic Four. You, Doctor Doom. The second he's eating in a diner with the thing. Really? Yeah. This is a global <laughs> terrorist. And you guys have heard me rant on Fantastic Four. How yeah. in the modern world where the American family is one of the greatest fears was terrorism in the early 90s, you make a movie about a modern family establishing themselves and their roles within the family and within society as they become public, and their biggest threat is a terrorist who has the resources and the uh, shelter of a foreign nation, Taliban, Bin Laden, anybody, and you don't make that story, right? <laughs> like, like we were familiar with Doctor Doom. Right. Doctor Doom was real to us. Doctor Doom was attacking us, and they didn't make the movie about it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it you, I think there's a place for for cultural, like, social resonance in these films. <laughs> now right? I and know it where you came to, up it, with your Sam script. Yeah, it doesn't have to be blatant, right? You wrote Bin Laden as Doctor Doom. Well, I, I, if you guys read the Super Action Man comic, I do. Uh, and, I, and I don't want to quickly pl- I mean p- you can now order the Super Action Man comic from your comic book stores and I'll, I'll do this very briefly it's um, order code May 111224 I'll throw it up on the screen but what, 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 what Super Action Man allows me to do and I've thought about it is it allows me to take very complex things like uh, foreign affairs and, and foreign relations and where the US fits as a very young nation in the concept of democracy as a very young concept in the uh, you guys are history majors like democracy has only been around a couple hundred years and it still has threats to it right the United States Civil War has been around since ancient Greece listen how long has man been around? I like how Walton uh, played. Me. Walton, please. Excuse me. Please. I have a point to make there. <laughs> please. What I'm saying is, right? A structured democracy, democracy, right? Representative. Representative democracy. It's a way to talk about that stuff with a guy running around in his underwear punching people in the face. That is what I'm saying. It's simplification of concepts. Excuse me. I enjoy it, right? I enjoy it, right? If the Greeks perfected it, why the fuck do they have all these problems? You know what I'm saying? You and your the Greeks don't have problems except budgetary. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Olympics. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk. Let's talk. All right. You have another book. There's one. There's what is one this now. additional book? 
Suicide Girls? Is that? The Suicide Girls. Yeah, yeah. You guys are <laughs> What's the answer girls. to your question? Like suicide Girls? Is the... You guys are doing a book for the Suicide yes, Girls. Alex. Now, what is the, what is that yeah. about? Because, like, are they publishing it or is somebody else publishing it? IDW publishing IDW publishes IDW it. Publishing. It's a branded story. It is. Right? With all of those things. And that's that not an anthology? It. It's not other people it's doing a, it? It's, it's just you guys doing series. Steve Niles girls. is writing backup stories for it. Steve Niles is writing backup stories. I'm just going to repeat everything you said. What do you guys, what's the story? The story is Brie wrote the first issue. Okay. And then we. Of how co- many? Of uh, oh, four. Okay. And we, we co wrote the rest of them. And um, the story is one, there are three kinds of boobs in it. <laughs> Wait. This is our biggest selling point is how many Wait. kinds of boobs. The story is great. Uh-huh. Okay. What are the types of boobs, please? <laughs> yeah. But if you don't like the story for some reason, there are boobs in it. They're real boobs in it. Real boobs, not like, like like photographs. Photographs, not like ones that pop out. Wait. <laughs> that'd be a different. That'd, that'd be a good seven. There are photographs of boobs. boobs in the book. There's Naked a pinup in the back. There's also a pinup mm-hmm. cartooned in the back. Yeah, cartoon boobs. And then there's a mixed media pinup. I what believe. The fuck is that? That's like it's a cartoon with real boobs. Bam. Is that right? The other way. Though. I was just guessing. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, okay. it's it's real boobs. It's, it's a, a real person. With cartoon with boobs. cartoony with with the body yeah cartooned. mixed media boobs and you wonder why men in this society have unrealistic expectations I thought you were I thought you were gonna like <laughs> diversify based on like cup size oh, or no. this and three, that three three like, different different with the art style mm-hmm. oh. how, how did you guys get involved yeah in how did you Who get involved in you this? And said hey you want to hey. uh, read your fiction IDW IDW approached, approached Chris Ryall yeah. I was yeah. hanging out with Chris Ryle at Comic Con in uh-huh. San Diego last year, and he said we were, he was talking about properties that they had recently procured. He told me that they procured an Iron Maiden property. I oh, said I am highly qualified awesome. to write that. Story. Yes. <laughs> and then what would it be? Just like Eddie running around crazy or some Dude, shit like that? I have no idea like what they would want, but you know they do have that air, that airplane, and the singer is a certified jet pilot, mm-hmm. Eddie Air, and um. I don't know. I mean, it, the songs are all based on on sci-fi yes. stories and stuff, right? So, um, it could there could be a patriot, sh- the patriot short. I don't know. And then so, but I was like, that's awesome. Got I don't know what happened with that. They, they haven't talked about it. You again. You need to get on the phone and get that. I, I know. And then you call I, him right now. Get the phone. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and then and then uh, and then he said that they also got the Suicide Girls, and I said, oh, I used to date a Suicide Girl, um, a while ago. Is that why you cry? Yeah, <laughs> no, no. Do she, they have issues? Do they have expiration All of them? There's like a, there are a lot of them. I think I'm sure some of them have, you know, just it's like probably anybody, like anybody. I don't know what the percent breakdown in comparison to the rest of society um, for mental health issues is. <laughs> I think that it's probably it's probably like a good like relative. I would imagine, right? <laughs> it's a healthy unhealthiness, right? I mean, it's probably like. Just like in our in right in normal society, it's proportional, probably proportional, proportional. Yeah, proportional. yeah. Mm-hmm. it's proportional. It's you just express it differently. One to one, or right, mm-hmm. two to one. Mm-hmm. Did that chick do crazy <laughs> shit to you? Saying, <laughs> did that chick do crazy shit to you? No, no. Oh, okay, oh, she's mm-hmm. nice. All right, cool. And you were like, with this experience at my fingertips, I and the man qualified with my mm-hmm. sister <laughs> to write the Suicide well, Girl comic. And in the beginning, she wasn't involved in the talking, and then she pitched it. Yeah. You pitched it. I did. I pitched the idea. They You're like move aside, Grant. Like I like you got us in the door. But I think they wanted. They really up. wanted um, a woman, a woman yeah. to write it. And so I pitched. I wrote an idea, and it was about um, fighting 
I don't remember what my original idea. What it ended up being was it's about a group of sort of elite uh, fighting women taking down a um, a religious technology filled um, corporation. Oh, that's yeah, good. Like they go into like yeah, you know situations in which they, it is suicidal, I guess. Right. It's like heavy metal. Remember he- reading heavy metal as a kid, like loving that stuff. You can't you read, read that. That's an magazine? adult comic. <laughs> <laughs> but you read it as a kid. No. I've never read it. Oh no, <laughs> I've read it recently. Oh right, when you're, you're proving your age, buddy. I, I'm not proving my age. I read heavy it as metal. a kid. No, heavy metal as a kid is like. That's, oh, the 80s. That's not oh, that's the 80s. Did. Yeah, that's the yeah. 80s, baby. Dude. Like, I read Man, that. Re- Man had already moved on to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles by then. <laughs> yeah, I read, I read, I read, I discovered Heavy Metal in the late 80s. Yeah. And then John Candy, weird movie. <laughs> Remember the movie, yeah, Heavy he Metal? The movie? Yeah, he did the voice of everybody. Oh, yeah. But, um. Yeah, I mean, so this is not an anthology. This is a series. When is this series going to come out? Um, the first issue came out on Wednesday. La- on Wednesday, oh, this just came out. Last just Wednesday. came out. And, and you get that's... two in one day. Two came out in one day. No, no. the second one came out. Issue no. two came out. No, issue one. Issue, issue one. one. Issue came one came out, out last Wednesday. Wednesday. Last Wednesday. Last Wednesday. Okay. It was a variant a month, with a extra month. boobs. Yeah. There's a variant. It, it was the variant. It was the variant with extra boobs okay. came out Wednesday. Mm. From what I understand, there's a there's another one. I don't think understand the there's another one maybe coming out. I don't know. I, call IDW and ask. One issue came out, and then a variant came out like on a separate week. Let me get on my No, no, no the variant came out. The came, <laughs> variant, I think, came out with the, first as like a, it's like the special big one. Is that the real boob or, the, or is that the cartoon boob? I think that's the, it's <laughs> all of That's the combo. That's okay. the wild and then, combo. And then you can get one without, I, I think there's one that's without like uh, the, the special, the special naked girls in the back. Oh, you can get a censored yeah. version. Yeah, but there's well, there's naked girls. There are naked why? girls in the story. In the story. Also. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because okay. it's based yeah. on a website that is about. Do you know Suicide yes, Girls? Yes, Okay. Because it's based on a website full I, of naked girls. I remember the first time I heard about Suicide Girls. Uh, my buddy Anthony, I was shooting a, a music video in 2001 for a band called Bayside, and they're from New York. And I remember this band, and the Anthony was like, "I got a somebody's." Like password to to Suicide Girls. I was like, "What's that?" He goes, "Oh, it's all these tattooed like hot chicks." And I was like, oh, "Okay, I don't know." Yeah. Hey, but that's cool. Yeah, you know. And you're tattooed. You, I mean, I is, is there a specific subculture for Suicide Girls, or can we all enjoy the Suicide Girls comic book because it's got action, as you say, and boobs? Yeah, who doesn't like boobs? I think there if you you're go. if you are disturbed by n- female nudity. You, don't get it. you should just read it for the articles. <laughs> <laughs> because the story's yeah, really great. Fourth category, articles. <laughs> article boobs. And, Written uh, boobs. I mean, it's a great... It, we wrote it as kind of a spy-fi story uh, that's spy and science spy, fiction yeah, mixed like together. Um, and there's this whole thing about this, like, techno cult is, like, trying to brainwash all these people and alter their memories to change the history of the world. And Suicide Girls mm-hmm. ain't having it. And Suicide Girls, uh, not on my watch. Yeah, that never appears. That line never. Fuck appears. you. One of my friends yeah, was you, was Dad. surprised. He was like, "I picked up your comic. I was a little taken aback by all the nudity, and I was like, you were concerned about a comic book based on a on a the porn website. Side, yeah, yeah. yeah. You 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 thought there wouldn't be nudity in it. Like that was what was surprising to you. That but you were weird. a nice girl. Do you think that surprised him? That that a nice girl and her nice brother who cries and types in his room uh, about erotica, that didn't surprise him. He was like, he was like, I just didn't see this craziness coming out of you. I'm going to tell nice you girl. a big secret. Yes. Nice girls have boobs, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The things you learn. You guys write, write that down. <laughs> there is a 
fourth type of boob. Nice girl boob. Nice girl boob. Those are not boob. in the comic. Nice girl <laughs> boob. Not in the comic. At WonderCon, uh, we stopped by the, yeah. the booth, uh, the Suicide Girls booth was right around yes. the other side of ours. Oh, yeah. We stopped by. Uh, not a lot of Suicide Girls knew they had a comic book coming. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> well, well, we're not going to let that problem go unsolved here on Geekscape. You guys, it just came out, the first issue, the variant, and something else. I don't know. Uh, go find it. It, it is, it is, uh, it is, it, it's got mixed media boobs, it's got cartoon boobs, it's got real boobs, and it's written by nice girl boobs. So, <laughs> <laughs> so please, uh, go get the Suicide Girl comic book. And it's called Suicide Girls. Okay. Oh, that, it should be easy to find. What you also want to do when you're going to that uh, fine comic book establishment looking for your uh, Suicide Girls is pick up a copy of We Will Bury You. Uh, we're also going to be giving away, let's see, we have a couple, uh, we have four copies uh, here. We're going to give, be giving away on the Geekscape website. That's geekscape.net. You're going to want to go and make a Geekscape profile if you don't have one already. And we'll make, and we'll, we'll make like a bulletin board thing. What, how do you want to do it? We'll figure, we'll figure it out. You want to look around the site, check out some news, check out some original articles. We have new ones every day. And talk to your friends there on the forums. Watch a Geekscape episode. Listen to some of the other Geekscape podcasts. Zane's going to have his uh, erotica porn uh, storylines as, as read by himself uh, through, through tears. Uh, with accented voices with for every character. And, and then he's going to sing one. He's also going to sing the, the, the songs. Oh, <laughs> they're going to want it. We can't give it to them. Uh, <laughs> go to the Geekscape website. Where can we find uh, the th- all things Grant? Do you guys have your own sites? Yeah, I'm BriaGrant.com. Mm-hmm. And Twitter is at BriaGrant. At BriaGrant. And I'm ZaneGrant.org. They're an organization. I'm an organization. Yeah, ZaneGrant.com, somebody else. And it's, yeah, at ZaneGrant on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Hit me up. In future future projects, we know about the We Will Bury You, we know about the uh, um, the Suicide Girls. Um, what is some more stuff that we can expect from you guys? You guys have... Um, yeah, I have a well, acting oh. or writing. Oh shit! Can we I, forgot to tell uh, you guys. Yeah, Sci-Fi Channel this summer. I showed Terror on June 11th. June uh, 11th. Yeah, it's a it's a sci-fi monster movie that I that I star in that comes out June 11th. I wrote it down. I totally forgot to tell you guys about it. So she, check she plays a scientist who uh, hitchhikes with an ice road trucker and then is beset by a frozen lizard. That's and we're not talking about his lizard. He's like, hey, baby, uh, I'm a little cold right now. You might warm me I was up. really impressed with, with your breakdown lizard. until that point. No, I was really a impressed. A giant fucking lizard chases the truck, right? It's like the duel, but being chased by a giant fucking ice lizard. You're going to want to watch it. While Bria tries to figure out with her scientific style how to stop it. Mm-hmm. Right? June 11th. Mm-hmm. Sci-fi channel. Zane, Zane has a comic. And Colonel Ty is in it. Yes. Oh yeah, Colonel Ty. Colonel, the guy who oh, plays yeah. Colonel Di- Ty, oh. is in is in, in my yeah also, from Battlestar. Uh, um, and Ty Olson, who was also in Battlestar for for a little while, they're both in it. So. A hit wow. film. And on uh, ZaneGrant.com, you can find out that he has a web series. Web comic. It's a web comic <laughs> called Detective Warlock. Warlock Detective. That's right. With my friend Jonathan Spees, and it's gonna be awesome. Horror comedy. We'll throw, we'll throw some of those up on the news. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. We'll get the word out. Awesome. Yeah. That's what we do here at uh, We'll see you guys next week. And now we're going to show you guys some interviews we did with the Doctor Who writers and cast and create and director from WonderCon last week with our good friend Stephen Prescott. See you guys next week. 209. I act like I'm writing something. I'm not writing anything important. Yeah, it looks important. I kept looking at it like you were writing no. something. Nothing important. Hey, Geekscape. This is Steven. I'm here with Mark Shepard. Mark Shepard, legend. Well, if I do this, you actually look like Matt. <laughs>
I think I stand up on my things. Um, Legend. So, I like that. You are. I, mean, I wasn't in that movie. No. That's one of the few things you haven't been True. in. True. I, I mean, I don't, you're finally in Doctor Who now. Oh. I think we've, we've been uh, waiting for years for that to happen because you've been in all of the fantastic genre shows that we love, you know, Firefly and things like that. So, Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. What was it like uh, being finally being a part of Doctor Who? And oh, my word. I, I like... As Doctor Who got bigger and bigger, you know, I thought the chances of me actually doing it would become slimmer and slimmer. But luckily, uh, luckily, I, I, I caught it and yeah. grabbed on with both hands. I'm so happy to have done it. It's been a lifelong ambition to be to be on that show, and awesome. uh, just an amazing experience. Cool, cool. And uh, so your character, Canton Everett the Third. Canton Everett Delaware the Third. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. You're the first in the middle name there. Yes. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your character? No. <laughs> just talking about the fact that, that my life revolves around keeping secrets. I yeah. think it's amazing. It's like we've removed my name from so many credits on so many shows just so people don't. Well, we, we need to. We need to. We need to like is that speak up, he's saying? Was yeah, it? yeah. We, um, we've removed my name from so many credits on so many shows. Oh, yeah, the visual was amazing. <laughs> Film this. Show us what he was doing. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, so I, I, where were we? Anyway, um, and uh, your dad's in the episode. He is? Wow. Ah, that see, could be I, cool. Okay, fine. Be that way. It's all right. What can you tell us? <laughs> April 23rd, BBC America. <laughs> I, can I can tell you this. I can tell you this. It's the best baddies I've seen yeah. for a long time. For who? Um, bringing Who to America has just made this production huge. Um, it's an amazing, the two-parter is an amazing story, and Stephen Moffat is going to be responsible for an awful lot of people not sleeping at night. Nice. And As if he hasn't done that before, now he's going to do it even worse. It's, it's fantastic. I'm yeah. really excited. I mean, Matt is my doctor. That's the way it goes. Right on. It's a great thing. <laughs> and you got to be in the TARDIS a little bit. We saw you in the I did. trailer. We saw you in the trailer. I did? In the TARDIS. Have you heard? It might be bigger on the inside. I have. <laughs> <laughs> it's, there, is, there are some dreams that one has, and some of them become fulfilled, and, and it's an, an extraordinary thing. And it's yeah. going to be so much fun to be able to talk about this after it's been shown. <laughs> I was at a convention in Chicago, and, everyone, and, they were like, and I just got the gig for Doctor Who I was leaving the next day mm -hmm. and I couldn't tell anybody and it was like what shows would you really like to be on and I'm like going, well um, Torchwood or, or who might be interested <laughs> no huge cheers I'm going I'm never going to be able to tell the truth to the fans yeah, yeah. that's just the nature of what I do so, so now that you have been on Doctor Who what's what's uh, if you pick any show to be on what, what would it be Sherlock good choice Good choice. Absolutely. <laughs> It'd be crazy not to. Yeah. Stephen, Sherlock. You, you heard it from the man, Stephen, Stephen Moffat. Put this man on Sherlock. Uh, what a show, what a show. Yeah. I mean, that's the interesting thing is we're, we're not just stuck on sci-fi. Great writing is great writing. You know, great television is great television. And, and I think we're all complicit in the fact that we, we, we've uh, we've been pushing and been trying to get some great television. Us, us, us fans, fan, yeah. fan, it's not just genre anymore. No. You know, it's it's great. It's all about great story. Yeah, and well, that is what's great about Sherlock, right? Because it is in genre. Absolutely. You know, but it's 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 an amazing. It's just story. as exciting just... to me as any episode of Battlestar or anything. Absolutely. Else, so. Absolutely. But I'm looking forward to seeing what more television we make.
Geekscape, I am here with Toby Haynes, Doctor Who director. Yeah. Uh, first director for the new series to have five episodes air consecutively. Uh, I, I guess so, yeah. But it's also, but I think I'm the only director who's ever done three stories yeah. in consecutive order, even though it's five episodes, but it's three stories. I don't think anybody's done that before. Because uh, in the classic series, the show, we used to have six or seven episodes per story, and obviously the director have done that all. But um, this is three stories in a row for me, and it's that's awesome. great. Have, yeah, have yeah. You, so have you taken it as an opportunity to sort of... Uh, is there a combining thread and trying to like bring it all together and little Toby Haynes arc? Uh, <laughs> well, it's hard because you, I mean, I didn't know I was going to do three in a row. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've sort of bounced from one to another. Um, no, I just I get the scripts and I try and do the best for that story at the time. And um, you know, some of them were like uh, the the finale episode. Obviously, was the finale and was the end of a season and was like a sort of big climactic thing uh, the Christmas special is its own thing so it can feel kind of movie like and mm -hmm. you know that's a real pleasure to tell a story from beginning middle and end you know do the whole thing um, and this is very much the kickoff for the rest of the series so the rest of the series is kind of hanging on a lot of stuff that we're setting up um, so tonally that influences you as a director you know and that's just uh, the nature of it so, so are you saying you sort of had an opportunity to set the tone for the for for the series by taking on the first two? I guess so. I mean, again, I'm just responding to the script, and the script was edgier. The script was kind of, um, you know, has a lot of urgency about it and a lot to pack in. And so, you know, and that's the way we went with the episodes. And that's had you shot in America before? Had Never. No, this was my first time shooting over here. This is my first time promoting stuff over here. Really? Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Have you gotten to walk around the con at all or anything? I have. I've been here. I've been here yesterday. I came around and people in costumes and everything. You know. I think it's great. You know, yeah. there's a real sense of celebration here. Like you really celebrate yeah. genre and sci-fi and things like that. And I think, in a way that's sort of totally unashamed, um, and just about love and kind of like appreciation. And that you can't help but get excited and cheered off that as you're yeah. walking around. You and know. Doctor Who has huge presence. Now. It has. It has reach. You know, yeah. I mention. I say what I do when people ask. You know, and they're like Doctor Who. You know, <laughs> I love the way you guys say. It. You know, it's great. And, uh, and so yeah. I mean, that's. Just just a real thrill, awesome. it really is. Yeah, awesome. yeah. And and you also uh, you, uh, directed the the first episode of Being Human. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, there was a pilot episode, and I did the uh, the first two episodes of the series. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which one of my all-time favorite shows. So yeah. Great. Oh, yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we oh, I was so lucky to get that as well at the time, and uh, you know, again, I love genre. And there's not a lot of genre stuff going on in the UK, and so. It was just a real pleasure to be able to do things like werewolf transformations and stuff like that, and yeah. all the kind of stuff that I loved when I was growing up and still love now. Um, you know, and we got fantastic actors. Look at Aidan Turner, who's off doing The Hobbit, you know, know. And things like that. That was his first thing. I, I discovered him. <laughs> awesome. I didn't, but he was great. <laughs> he was fantastic. Well, we're getting the wrap up. So, Toby, thank you so much. It was thank a you. Pleasure meeting you. I can't wait to see the episode. Great to meet you too. Yeah. Well, uh, I hope you enjoy them. I love the clothes. Thank you very much. Have you got the, the suspenders, the braces? Oh. And you got the red ones, like in my episode. Is yes, yes, yes. I don't have the exact costume from your episode yet, but I'm working on it. Okay. It's coming. Geekscape, I'm here with Neil Gaiman. And uh, Neil, so, I'm so excited for your episode, episode four, right? Episode four. The Doctor's Wife. Yep. Uh, can you tell me, how do you pronounce it? Is it Idris or Idris? Idris. Idris, okay. All right. And, uh, yeah, the lovely Idris, played by Saran Jones. Yes. Who may turn out to be an old acquaintance of the Doctors with a new face. This is what I hear, and there's a connection to the War Games as well? There, there, there are, there are connections. I, I got to, the lovely thing about having watched Doctor Who for 47 years is I got to nick, you know, little things that I'd remembered and had always sort of half wondered about. So I stole something from the War Games. I stole something from, there's a, there's a key plot 
thing that actually started out in an old William Hartnell episode that's in there. Wow. But um, I hope all in a way that is not actually going to put anybody off. You're, you, you're always very aware when writing Doctor Who. I say that as if I've written more than one. Um, <laughs> but I was desperately aware that there's a really smart seven-year-old somewhere and then there's a smart 27-year-old somewhere and for both of them this is their first episode yeah and you want to deliver for them that's awesome and so that rather than getting bogged down in the minutiae of of, of you know the giant mythos yeah the most important thing was telling a glorious story fantastic uh, okay so i only have one more question ask who's your doctor uh patrick troughton Patrick Troughton was my doctor. I loved meeting Matt Smith. Matt now, of course, has the perfect question for anybody he meets of a certain age because he gets to say to them, yeah. so who was your doctor? And um, William Hartnell was too prickly and strange and grandfatherly, but Pat Troughton, I was six or seven, and he, it, it was like I knew that everything would be safe and good mm -hmm. with him, and he was brilliant, swashbuckling, um, little bit pixie-ish, much less pixie-ish than he's sort of remembered as. Yeah. You know, the, the, the thing that fascinates me most about writing The Doctor was the first time I, I said to Steve Moffat, so what is this new Doctor going to be like? You know, we're sitting there having dinner, and he said, he'll just write The Doctor. And it was the best advice I could ever have got. Yeah. Because at that point, you do write The Doctor. And I, I liked the idea that any line I'd written could have been read by Tom Baker or by Pat Troughton or by Christopher Eccleston or by David Tennant yeah. or you know and it would have been the doctor yeah. and I did go I did actually succumb to, to putting one something are cool joke in oh yeah okay <laughs> um, but uh, you'll have to watch the episode to find out what it is that, that the doctor thinks is cool